everybody, and welcome to the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, episode number 175. Oh, that's quite, that's quite the milestone, isn't it? And um, we, yeah, we also have uh, plenty, plenty to talk about in that time. The season has finally gotten underway, and oh, and Bolton sit, sit fairly pretty in second, although I, I wish it was as um, straightforward as that, but we've got plenty to discuss during that time, and joining with me, first of all, is uh, Tom Jenkins. How are you doing, Tom? Very good, thank you, James. Very good. Um, yeah, it was all it was all smooth sailing, wasn't it? <laughs> we, we picked a good time to decide to have we picked a good time to decide to have the podcast. I'm sure we'll get on to yeah the 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 um, important topic of, of what happened last Saturday. But yeah, um, in, interesting start to the season. I think if you'd have offered us where we are um, right at the start, I probably would have taken it. But um, the loss that we did have, I think we'd have probably taken any of the other three matches rather than the one that it actually did occur. Yeah, but. Beggars can't beggars can't be choosing, unfortunately. Although, if, if we could, I'm sure, I'm sure nobody wanted that one. But we'll get into the nitty gritty with that for, um, down the line. But next up, as usual, we've always got our, our favourite waffler, Lee Tennant, to, to join us as well. <laughs> How are you doing, Lee? What an introduction! Make you feel really valued. Good mate. We know we're pressed for time tonight, so I'll uh, try and keep the waffling to a minimum. <laughs> Yeah, I, pr- I promise. I promise that was not a, not a jab, <laughs> but yeah. But as usual, we will try and get get through everything as quickly as possible. Um, if you join us live on Twitter, feel 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 free to um, interact in the comments below. And um, as usual, for any audio only listeners, um, this this podcast, if you can't catch it with us live, um, it will go out the next next day as an audio only on wherever you can get your podcasts. So so starting off, let's start off. Nice and happy because the season started off pretty well uh, with with three league wins in a row, all by three goals. Three is a magic number. All right, so start so Lincoln three nil, um, Cheltenham three nil away, pretty pretty impressive considering last season. And uh, Fleetwood three one at home, keeping the one hundred percent record against them at home going. Um, we'll start we'll start we we'll start with you, Tom. Um, we all those three wins. Um, how good does it feel just to be? Sides that you'd probably say are middling to lower end of the table. How, how does it feel knowing that we beat them so comfortably at the start of the season? Um, yeah, good. I mean, I think we said in the, the podcast that, that we did just uh, as the season preview that yeah, it, it, we, we're bottom wandering in this league, and we need to have an element of arrogance going into those games and then and, and swap those teams aside with a not an element of disdain, but certainly with confidence more so than anything else. I think uh, the thinking game. Obviously, you know, it's the start of the season. There's bound to be some, uh, not necessarily jitters, but certainly a lack of cohesion potentially with the team relatively getting used to, to playing with one another again, especially in front of the, the large home crowd that was there. I think that was probably, even though it was 3 0, the, the least convincing of the three, just by virtue of the fact that, uh, you know, obviously there was an own goal for that third one. And I think the scoring the uh, the, the goal so early through Idale from, from the corner, I think, set up quite a few few nerves because uh, it can can cause teams problems as they have done since uh, since that game you know if any Lincoln fan was coming away from that match thinking they were going to have a long hard season you know I think they've certainly looked like a, a much more useful outfit in the in the games following that so so that's pleasing to see that we you know were, were very useful against them despite the fact that they could also cause some teams some issues uh, the following two um, yeah two first half blitzes really um, which is nice to see to see from us I think we've seen under Ian Everett that the way that we play tends to lend itself to scoring late goals as a result of 
running teams down, passing uh, around the back and sort of getting teams to chase us and then going go for a sucker punch later in, in the match. I think having that, the early goals that we scored there has been very, very useful. Give us a bit of confidence to play with a bit more freedom. Uh, and also nice to have our strikers off the mark as well. Uh, in, in Charles having two in that Cheltenham game and Adebayojo with four overall, including that, that very good hat-trick against Fleetwood. Um, he must have been, Lee, you said it in that initial podcast that we did, he wouldn't be listening. He must have done, given me slagged him off. <laughs> He's played with some super serious confidence ever since then. Um, I mean, don't don't be wrong. You know, we're not talking worldy goals from the edge of the box and all this kind of stuff. But put himself in the right area and, and finish up the chances, which was something that was really lacking last year, not just from him but from all of our forwards, really. So, yeah, it's been nice to see it be clinical. A shame about conceding that uh, that late goal against Fleetwood, but you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit depth as to what, a little bit more depth as to why that happened with the refereeing decisions, etc. Um, but yeah, no, very very pleasing start. Uh, and as I say, you know, getting nine points from your first four, uh, three is very, very good. It's just a shame it's uh, nine points from four now. Yep, yep. I'd, I'd say I'd say that's very good uh, summary so far. Um, Lee, um, I think I believe I saw a stat on Twitter. That's, uh, I don't place much faith in this stat myself, but um, our expected goals level is supposed to be around six um, per, per game, and um, even if it, even if we're not achieving that, still three three goals consistently across three separate matches is is a is pretty outstanding for a good start of the season. Especially considering in most games that we play last season, we usually won by one, maybe two goals if we were lucky. So, how pleasing was it for you to see us, like Tom said, be so clinical, even if two of the goals were on goals? But <laughs> yeah, and the three yeah three victories have been well. I'd say you just very unlike Bolt Wanderers really to get the job done nice and early isn't it in, in pretty much all the games um, yeah uh, didn't manage to catch the um, the win at Cheltenham um, just seeing the goals obviously online I was looking after the three kiddies so I didn't really get a chance to try to put a game on when there was three running around it's just tantamount to just like sadomasochism you just don't get to watch it so yeah watch the uh, watch the, the highlights of that and yeah just, just good stuff really all around it was um I think the fixture the fixed computers was been fairly kind to us. Uh, those the, the the start we've had. Um, Fleetwood obviously no pushovers, uh, although we did push them over um, quite easily in the first half. But um, yeah, just overall, it's just been it's been pretty good. Obviously until the obvious um, on Saturday. But yeah, obviously we were sort of nine nine nil up after about two hundred and seventy minutes plus God knows how much injury time on top of that, and then in the last. 95 minutes or 100 minutes with uh, 5-0 down so make of that what you will <laughs> but um, yeah strange one but um, yeah we'll keep on the positive bandwagon that we started the, the pub with and obviously um, sort of giving these sides short short shrift I think it's a phrase isn't it and just sort of turning them to one side has, has been very um, pleasing that we've not just had to grind out 1-0s or you know they're all they're all kind of like bogey sides as well. We lost to Cheltenham last year. So we, we tend to get the better of Fleetwood overall, but they've they've given us a, a couple of good games over the years. And uh, obviously Cheltenham away we lost last year, so good to go there and be be absolutely in cruise control. You know after the first forty minutes, half an hour, whatever it was, is uh, it's let's say very unlike Bolt Wanderers. And you know even despite Saturday, we, you know if any if any of us had said would you take nine points out of twelve with the first four games, I think every one of us would. Few of us might have said no. I want to get all twelve, but I think I think nine points is is a pretty good return. Just need to make sure Saturday doesn't become 
a sort of massive pothole in the road rather than just a, a bit of a help me out here like a, a sleeping policeman <laughs> sleeping policeman whatever yeah so uh, yeah basically yeah um yeah uh so so we'll i'm gonna delay talking about saturday as best i can we will get to it but <laughs> let's stay on the positive thing sticking kind of hard yeah exactly it is kind of hard but uh sticking with sticking with you lee um what one one thing you bring up um especially is uh tom mentioned it earlier but um a nice nice clinical round from uh victor adebayejo for a, a hat trick we rarely get many of them uh does he does he look like uh, potentially someone now that could kind of be on the same length, uh, same record as Dion? I should say, like Dion with his uh, twenty one goals last season. Do you think Victor Adebayo is looking in good nick to potentially match or possibly even better that? Yeah, I've just got a moth flying in my face. So anyway, um, <laughs> so that is uh, yeah, Victor. Well, the the preseason, the preview pod. Sorry, um, I was made some quite. Uh, Sort of not not nasty, but sort of. Uh, oh, it seems to have worked. He obviously he obviously watched it, didn't he? Oh, so that, uh, that's exactly yeah. why I asked you, Lee. <laughs> your pessimistic you comments you about him. <laughs> you know, I wasn't. I said we like we all like him. We all want him to do well, and uh, and you know, like I say, and then I said at the end, we all want him to do well, but he won't, and he did, and he has. So <laughs> what do I know? Fuck all about football. So no, he's 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 looked he's looked. Obviously, the Fleetwood game because of work, I turned up and we were two 0 up. So I missed his first two goals. So I'm probably not the best person to have on this part. I've only seen about, so I saw the last 75 minutes of Fleetwood, 70 minutes, and um, saw the Wigan game. But um, yeah, we, yeah, obviously the, the goals, I've watched them back obviously since. And just did, you know, he lashed them home. So sort of. they weren't sort of a, you know, a bit of a fluky finish or, you know, a tentative sort of lucky, lucky goal or a deflection like like his his previous goals for us, the, the deflection at Sheffield Wednesday, the the one that just hit him and went in and not even sure it bloody it hit him at all to be honest at Burton. Um you know the goals he's previously He was always gonna scored, claim it in that game, wasn't he? Yeah. But the goals he's you know previously scored have not exactly been, you know, the finish of a confident, you know, natural born marksman, have they? So for him to lash those three like lash the last two home and just get in front of his marker so well as well for the for the, for the Cogley sort of when Cogley was stretching and it came across goal he was you know he's on it wasn't he so um, yeah that's excellent I mean Wigan you know he he, he was poor but everyone was poor he, he was feeding off scraps and you know his, his first touch again was it was his first second touch as a tackle really isn't it sometimes but um, yeah obviously the goals he scored the header the header against um God, who did we play? Lincoln. On the first Lincoln. Lincoln. Um, they were that shite that I can't remember who they were. Um, so yeah, they uh, yeah that I mean, that was a that was good to see someone scoring a striker scoring a header from a corner hasn't happened in a long time that I can remember for us. Um, so that that was encouraging. So he scored a few different types of goals, and um, yeah, it's 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 definitely encouraging that he's already on four goals in four games. When you know, you'd probably if you do a sweep of how many goals we scored in the first four games, I don't think many people would have had him on four. So, despite the potentially easy nature of the fixtures on on paper, so yeah, it's it's good for his confidence, and just need to make sure he goes back to the Pirelli and gives them a spanking on Saturday. Yeah, I had to mention it because there was that one commenter on the uh, last part who said he, Victor Adewayo would be our top scorer, and I just had to say I hope he was right. And right now he's looking <laughs> in good nick for that. Although to be fair, he is well, linking very up. Very early does. Yeah, yeah, but he did link up very well with Dion though in the Cheltenham game. But speak, he did, but, yeah. But speaking of Dion, 
we'll have him we'll have him back for Burton, which we'll which we'll get into. But Tom, I have to give this question to you. What was that decision <laughs> against Fleetwood? <laughs> I couldn't well, I yeah, couldn't go I'll to the <laughs> yeah, I couldn't go to yeah, the game well, well, so hearing it uh, that the same referee <laughs> sent him off for another really <clears throat> weird decision again. It's like it's like if I had a nickel for every time that happened, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, you have, you have, you have two nickels. Yeah, which I, I was going to say. Yeah, th- thank you, thank you, Lee. I, I was going to let him off with that one, mate. <laughs> I can see the little glee in your eyes. <laughs> he, was, he was waiting. He was waiting for you, James. After the initial comments about him waffling, he's been waiting for that little pat down straight away. <laughs> um, no, so, yeah. With, with regards to Dion, I think we, we all, you know, we've all seen it back. We've all seen him do the stupid nudge on on Jay Lynch just to try and you know wind him up, and that, that is what Dion Charles does. He tries to you know, get the edge on his opponents by the, you know, chasing down lost balls, uh, lost causes, sorry, um, and or just you know, giving a nudge, getting in their ear, gobbing off regardless. And, and that's what we like about him. It's what makes him a very, very useful striker. Um, on a yellow card with a referee there who has sent you off um, before when you were nowhere near the incident and done it with the same pigmentation as the person who, who perpetrated the incident, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not a good thing to try and, you know, get in that guy's bad, bad books again. Um, but so I, would, I wouldn't have made that decision if I were him. Um, however, you know, Lynch has then kicked him. He's gone down rather theatrically, you know, fair enough. That's the, that's the way the game's going. We can begrudge him too much on that to try and potentially get Lynch sent off for doing something equally as stupid. But we, we've learned, obviously, in, since then, that it would pull that second bookable offence rather than for dissent. To, to view that incident and decide, you know, just, just, just an element of common sense rather than just ticking him off and letting Everett take him off the pitch. That would have been the much more sensible thing to do because realistically, Tom Neal got to get into Dion's ear and just say, mate, you're treading a very, very fine line here. Don't take the mick. And then, then Everett can take him off the pitch and then jobs are good. At, but unfortunately, he's not taking that that approach. Um, it, obviously, it's not cost us. It was annoying to concede the goal at the end, which I doubt we would have done if we were you know, 11 v 11 rather than 10 v 11. Uh, but yeah, no. what was interesting, of course, is in the aftermath of um, Everett also being sent off for, for viewing technology, which is a, a strange rule that I don't think anyone would have been able to predict it being the reason for Everett to get sent off on the touchline. Um, but it was interesting, of course, that they had that discussion um, you know, allegedly via, via, over the phone, you know, what was it with the head of referees or something like that, uh, alongside Tom Neal as well, to explain all of those decisions. Um, it's nice that there is at least some communication going on between those, you know, parties to make sure that daft stuff like this doesn't keep going on. But, but yeah, in typical Bolton fashion, as Everett said himself, he's now the poster boy for not using technology <laughs> on the touchlines to prove referees that they've made the incorrect calls. And it just and at least they showed sense to not um, ban him from the touchline. Although, as we're going to keep discussing, James, it didn't make a full difference, did it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, unfortunately it didn't. Unfortunately it didn't. But I'm going to delay it even further because um, <laughs> there's, 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 give the people what they want. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. You got you got because <laughs> there's because there's Easy, at yeah. least one more. There's at least one um, going on to two more matches that we can uh, also cover. But, um, did any of you go to the barrel game? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Lee, I'll come <laughs> to you with this. I'll come. Nothing I'll come. To say. <laughs> B team matches of League Cup games, Lee Tennant specials. Yeah. Uh, I'll come to you on this, Lee. Uh, it was a very, very tedious affair, but at least we're through. 
<laughs> and and, yeah. and we've now got a rematch of the 0-4 final against uh, Middlesbrough in the next round. So yeah. So can we still keep the cup run going, or is it is it is it over and out again <laughs> from a double kicked penalty? I think um, Carrick will have to sit and let, let, you know they need to. They've started the season quite badly, but haven't they? So um, I think he'll see that as a game that he needs to get some momentum in the season going, and not you know I can't see him putting a second string out. Maybe a mixture of first team and um, a few sort of uh, players who need minutes. But yeah, they they start, started fairly poorly up there. So um, yeah, but as for the Barrow game, I went, we won, and as Forrest Gump used to say, that's all I've got to say about that because it was there was literally <laughs> nothing. There was just it was just boredom, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah, we had a few chances to make it 2-0, but they they just sat in and then last last three, four minutes, as soon as injury time went, they had a bit of a go. Um, but still didn't um really trouble us. So yeah, it was fairly standard stuff. Um I suppose it's good that we can sort of just control the game like that and not really with with a a fairly changed side. Excuse me. And um yeah, it was it was just just a game that's Will forever not be remembered, I suppose. Um, but yeah, with the Borough game, it's uh, it should be it should be interesting. You can sit with David Weeter in the line of Vienna Suite for twenty five quid if anyone wants to do that. I got an email through the other day. I'm not sure uh, there'll be that many takers, but um, yes. Yeah, so, I'm sure. Yeah, so the uh, the reunion would uh, be in be in store there. But um, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting game. I'm, I think I'm going to go. Um, off to Ibiza for a wedding the day after so it's whether I can be bothered spending more money that I'll be spending on sangria over there so we'll see but um, yeah I think Borough it's a good it's a decent decent fixture on paper it's not it's not exactly the most enticing you know glamorous tie but I just think it's one we can win if, if like say they I'm sure they won't won't play an absolutely first 11 but I, I think it just depends on how Everett sees it as in the importance of things I'm sure he'll play Probably, probably eight of the eleven, eight or nine of the, you know, what he would deem his first choice eleven at the time. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see see how it goes the game. But I think it's it's fairly low down our priority list. But if we can get through and then get a plum tie, get some more money in the coffers and and whatever, then that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, why not? And maybe we'll have more of a chance than we did against uh, Aston Villa last season, especially because we won't have Joel Dixon in that, which will also Very help. True. Um, Alright, alright, I've delayed it for long enough, it's been nearly 20 minutes, so let's get on to talking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it um, it happened again, didn't it, lads? It happened again. Uh, but this mm, but this yeah. one, uh, at least in my mind, uh, feels feels a lot worse, because in the first game, it was just a clear, clear, clear um, skill imbalance between Mismatch, the two sides. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, last match I should say last match was clearly a skill imbalance. We clearly didn't have the personnel to match Wigan's team at the time. I'd say this time, though, there's still plenty of decent players in that in their squad, but I'd still one in ours. I'd I'd say things were a lot on paper a lot closer this time. But so how the hell, Tom, did we end up with, with another four nil loss? Ah, uh, because we're wimps. <laughs> I've, said, I've, said it, I've said it before and I'll say it again we, we, we're incapable of getting motivated for a big match and uh, people could I've seen a lot of threads on, on social media about you know oh, our results in the big games last season weren't too bad and all oh, we won at Wembley it's like if you're going to use Wembley as an example of being a quite, quite a big game with, that requires you know 
you know, the manager to fully motivate his players and, you know, actually get some, you know, utilize any inspirational qualities that he's got within himself, then, you know, that you don't understand football because these, these are lads who are never going to really have the opportunity again. If they couldn't get themselves up for Wembley, then they shouldn't, they're in the wrong profession. What I'm talking about is games that don't necessarily matter to them because that was about them. This matters to the fans. And, and I think it's been quite telling that, you know, I think the Wigan players got that. I generally think the Wigan players understood that for their, you know, 4,000 or so fans that, that rocked up to that match, this was a be-all and end-all. This is a huge, huge game for them. Um, and, and frankly, I think the reason why we've had such a poor record against Wigan over the, over the last few years, or certainly, you know, even in the Championship, I think we had a quite a few poor games against them. It's because I don't feel as though... Our, the players sort of, or, or maybe we don't transmit it as fans. I don't feel as though that same intensity comes across. Um, in this particular game, you know, four absolutely scandalous goals. Like I, I live with two lads who have very minimal interest in football, and of course had to be sat there on, on our sofa at twelve thirty watching me watch the game just for their enjoyment of watching me lose my mind for this. But even they, with zero tactical analysis, can understand that those are scandalous goals to give away. You know that that first one. You know, Carl Dempsey's had a very, very good start to the season. But for starters, what's he doing, Mark and Charlie White, in the first place? And secondly, you leave Wigan's main goal threat with, you know, the space to build a whole um, <clears throat> apartment complex to be able to head that ball in for the first. The other two, it just seems as though people just lost their heads completely. And it's, ba- it's baffling to me that a team going into that match with such confidence could have it knocked so easily. Um, and what that says to me is that on that big occasion, there's a lack of, you know, gumption within them to to perform well on those occasions to the best of their ability. And, you know, we've seen nonsense on social media this week about Santos being a non-inspirational leader and he should have captains he's stripped and all this kind of stuff. I don't think he's a big talker by any stretch of the imagination. But within that dressing room, there should be a multitude of leaders rather than just falling onto the captain's uh, responsibility to to get the players up for it. And, and I think that lies with the manager just as much as the players. So to, to summarise, I think it was... Fault of character rather than fault of ability, because when we did actually attack, we I thought we created a few reasonable opportunities there, but they wanted it more than us. That in that sort of first ten minute period of a hustle and bustle, of people flying into challenges, we shirked ours and they didn't. And you can't cope with something like that. You just need to understand what it means to the general fan base to be able to get players to perform to their best in that environment, and we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'll be honest, uh, I expected you to go be a bit more ranty, but I suppose uh, having a few days breather off has uh, helped compartmentalise the thoughts a bit. So, yeah. Well, you saw firsthand the uh, messages that I was sending you in the aftermath of the game. (laughs) (laughs) I I think if we'd have had that conversation directly afterwards, it would be very, very less measured. But I I, I think that's what it comes down to. It, It doesn't come down to the fact that they're just rubbish and their crap or we can start having a slanging match about this kind of stuff because it doesn't solve any problem what, what is actually a genuine issue with this team is getting up for the big occasion we played Barnsley over two legs a bottle both matches we were terrible in both of those games and you know, we've seen it when we played Sheffield Wednesday we've seen it the last time we played Wigan they don't seem to be able to motivate themselves for it and, and it's something that keeps on haunting us mm. Well, well, sooner or later we can only hope that um, le- lessons lessons do get learned because we will because we are going to have another pretty big game. Uh, uh, not this week, the week after at home against Derby. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what happens then. But uh, staying on track with the um, week of the uh, wing game, uh, Lee Lee coming to you. Um, 
there were plenty of uh, poor performances. You said it yourself. Pretty much everyone in that team was poor on the day. But um, you know, who who were the who were the standouts that um, to that to be honest probably should not be playing against Burton next week if uh, their performances were any to, anything to go by. I thought um, as good as he's been this season, stepping in for George Johnson, I thought Jack Idell set the tone with the. Uh, his battle with Stephen Humphreys within the first few minutes. Um, I remember there being a like a fifty-fifty, and he, he I wouldn't say pulled out of it. It was kind of like he didn't go in full fully in in it. And then a couple of minutes later, I remember the uh, the because Sam Tickle was he was completely targeting Idale and Williams down that side. Um, and I remember there was a ball sort of from the goal kick, and it, it bounced in the air, and Idale should have should have just met it, and he let it bounce again. And uh, I think Humphreys whistled him after the ball. It, it didn't lead to a goal at that point, obviously, but um, it just set the tone, really, just like a tentative. Um, he just almost looked a bit scared. I think I think after that happened, I looked down. It was right by us, you see, obviously where I sit, and down the touchline there was a there was um, a fifty-fifty with Idale and Humphreys again. I think it was Humphreys. It might well have been um, whoever they played on the right wing. Can't remember uh, who they right. Yeah, uh, well, Lang was more central, I thought. Probably uh, whoever it was, then. anyway. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, and it, there was a fifty-fifty. I think, I think it was, I think it was still with Humphreys because it was mainly Humphreys that was sort of up against Idale, and he went in for it pretty well, Idale, and it just the ball sort of squirmed away from him, and Humphreys set free down the right, and it just uh, I thought that sums it up because he's not he's not gone in well enough in the first couple of challenges. And then that, when he has actually gone in how he should do, the, he's, he's still not got the ball. It just sort of squirmed, very luckily squirmed free. And, it, and as soon as that happened, I just thought, "Fuck, it's going to be one of those days." And and <laughs> I think I think just um, it was not just ideal, obviously. I mean, I personally think Gethin Jones was fouled for that that really really important second goal. I mean, they're all important goals, but the second one is the one you know the crusher that you know makes it a mountain to come back from. Um, I think he was fouled. He he did complain, but the rest of us, the rest of the team, didn't really complain. I mean, it's it's kind of futile. He's not going to go, go back to VAR, can he? So, you know, if he's given the goal, he's given the goal. But it did look like a foul, although he needs to be stronger. But yeah, I think I think Jones and Idell were the were the two. I think Santos and White. I think Santos probably gave as good as he got with White. I don't think White got the better of him hugely, apart from for his goal where he sort of ran off him. And Santos didn't get close enough to block the shot, but that you know that was the fourth goal. The game was done. It was it's kind of a, kind of immaterial by that point. Um, but Santos certainly didn't get the better of White. But I'll, like I say, it, it wasn't a dominating performance from Santos. But I would I wouldn't give him a, a huge amount of blame for the for the for the loss. It was more the fact I think I think Morley was absolutely anonymous. Um, I actually thought our best player was Sheehan. Um, I thought he battled quite well. As uh, it wasn't particularly his ball playing ability on the day, although he, he did all right on the ball. I've seen a few people give him really low marks. Um, I thought he was our be- one of our better players, and he actually did well in the in in the duels as well. Um, I think Sheen's been our probably one of our best players this season. Um, but yeah, the wing backs um, Cogley and Williams were just. I can't really remember them doing an awful lot wrong. Um, I mean, I, I did leave on seven, as soon as the fourth goal went in. Finn had been mad with me to leave since half time when he finished all his treats. So we, I just decided. To, I think it's the, I think it's the only time. It's the only time. I, I think 
I can't remember ever leaving a boating game that early. I might have left a couple of minutes early. I think even when it was four, the last four no, I think I stuck it out. Um, yeah, so I did. I did leave early, so I didn't see the last fifteen minutes. But I think apart from a, a Bob Varson chance, apparently, I don't think it literally anything happened. So I didn't miss much. But I think it was just. I, I just think dwelling on it too much is probably the wrong thing to do. But equally, you can't just let it slide. That we that we seem to. We don't, like I say, we don't seem to be able to get up and have a nasty streak about us. In that side, there's only probably the side that started. There's only really Kyle Dempsey. You'd want in a in the trenches with you, and I'm, and that's yeah. I'm not saying that's a good a great thing. What he, obviously what he's doing with the bounce, etc. I'm, I'm you know it's not it's not it's not a, con, a, a condoning of his of his character or his nature when he, when he's done wrong, but. I just don't think there's anyone else in that side. Obviously, Dion Charles would probably be someone else you want. You would you would yeah. put in that bracket, and he wasn't there. So the Charles loss was, was hugely important. But um, yeah, they just they just clearly um, they just had a bit of devilment about them that we just couldn't cope with, and they just harassed us. And it wasn't just that they played some really good stuff as well. Um, Callum Lang, I thought, was more central, and hit him and um, him and White combined really well. Humphreys again, just a guy that we've we've always really liked as a player since yep. he did the play against yep. us for Southend, and um, he's a chunky bugger, isn't he? I thought he's a he's, he's, he's bigger than I thought. <laughs> yeah, but I thought yeah. he actually looked he looked he actually looked chubby, but he, he but he yeah, used no, his I, I body. Was say, I remember watching him at Hearts last year and thinking, Christ alive, he's been having a few of the uh, the deep fried yeah, miles but, bars, but yeah, but God, he God, he had a game. I mean, the, the, the goals were almost farcical, though, weren't they? Did. Baxter coming out of this goal. I mean, Baxter obviously didn't cover himself in glory. The fourth goal again. It, it's worrying it's, that, isn't it, Lee? Do you not think it's worrying it's that it's the first time he's properly been tested and he, and he basically bricked himself on a couple of occasions there? I think the first goal he couldn't have done anything about. It's completely down to the defenders. He couldn't have come out with the ball. The ball's gone right in the corner. It's it's a really weird goal. You don't, when do you ever see a corner sort of bounce? Was it like even twice it bounced? And then it was just, it was just a bizarre Emotional, goal. Yeah, it was it was really weird, but like the second and third got the the second goal. Could you really blame him? Which one? He came out for the third, didn't he? That's the one he was like dancing around. Yeah, and the just left his goal. Sort of palmed it out after making the save. Yeah, well, that wasn't great. I, I wouldn't say it was like disastrous. I think the third and fourth goals obviously put a lot of the blame will go not again not entirely to him, but you know pretty much to him. And it's a weird one. He sort of saved the. He saved that for the White's goal, the fourth one. He's he's got a good answer. It's a, it's a bit unlucky that it's it's dropped in. It's one of those. I'm I'm not overly concerned because the game before he pulled off that great double save from um, Fleetwood. Have you seen the angle from behind the goal? And actually, that was yes. The yes, second yes, one the was YouTube actually really superb. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'm a little bit concerned that obviously he's, he's failed his first major test. But I think it's the kind of day where. Things started bad, and they just, you know, they just got progressively worse, and everyone's losing their heads and losing the performance. You know, the sort of basic performance levels just all went to pot, didn't they? Eventually, and it's, it's I wouldn't worry it overly, but you know, there the couldn't probably be a worse game, maybe apart from Wickham away under Ainsworth, but obviously he's not there anymore. Than than what we've got coming up to really test the metal. It's 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 a huge um, afternoon for. You know, for the, for the club and forever, and for all, all the players, just to show they're not the you know lily livered, you know weak mentalities, you know pampered, you know players that 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 they 
the Wanderers fans who are, well, you know, the more vociferous Wanderers fans who have forgotten that we did win our first three games very easily, nine goals to one, you know, um, just to prove them wrong, really, that we, we can stand up to the, the battle. And then, um, yeah, we'll just have to see if if, if they, they've got the metal to to go 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 to Burton and win. And let, let's be let's be honest. Going, we need to go there and win a draw. A draw is, is is no good if we want to be winning this title. We need to go there and win. They've they've picked at one point in the first four games. I think they've only scored one goal or something. So, you know, they've got some players who'll test it if Stockton's back fit, etc. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to this later a bit more. So I won't waffle too much. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a big big game for us, and um, I'm really interested to see how we how we sort of. How we go on? Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to touch on, James, before before we move on, because I think if we remember back to that original four 0 loss to Wigan, it was a pretty much transformative game in in the career of Harry Brockbank from the sort of the positivity that had initially been sort of building around him from the Coventry game and all through sort of the relatively impressive performances that he had put in in, in that League Two season, and I think it became very apparent because he came up against McLean and a few others in that Wigan game. They just made it blindly obvious that he wasn't, you know, up to standard. I think not that I'm saying that he's not up to standard, but and I appreciate he's our vice captain. I think this match could have a similarly transformative effect on Gethin Jones's career path when it comes to the Bolton Wanderers. Because and I've always and I take your point there. I think Carl Dempsey and Dion are the two, you know, battlers that we've got within within that dressing room. But I, I always had in my head that Jones was going to be one of those as well to make up for some of the, the failings that he's got with, with, you know, technical ability or, you know, essentially not being quite as flashy as when he's been playing alongside Santos and Johnson. Um, it, it just looked to me like it was a, I don't know, it was just a rabbit in the headlines moment. And I wasn't expecting that from someone of his level of experience and or sort of stature within the team to, to not have any gumption to be able to try and drive the people on. And we've seen very fleeting flashes of, um, of Will Forrester, but, and maybe it's not the right game to throw him into, you know, where Burton when it's a, it's a bogey ground and a bogey team of ours. But I just watched that match and I just saw a man who almost looked like he'd been, you know, quite comfortable and had been thrown into the deep end for the first time in quite a long time and just completely and utterly failed the test miserably. And I, I wonder, especially given the backlash that he seems to have received on Twitter, despite almost universal positivity for his, um, his three years at Bolton so far. I wonder whether or not this can be transformative for him. But I'm open to what you guys think on that. Uh, I, th- I think there's a bit of a difference between, um, obviously, Brock- Brockbank, I think at that age, he was still like 21 or something like that. Um, he was still mm-hmm. he was still on the younger side. I th- I'd like I'd like to think that Geffen is a bit more experienced, that he wouldn't let something like this. But that but in my memory, that was that has been by far his worst game for quite a long while for Bolton. So... Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe some time out the side might do him good. Maybe maybe it should be time to throw Forrester in for Burton. Well, uh, we'll go we'll go over, we'll go over that um, eventually. But for, but for me, for, oh, for someone oh, who's usually yeah. been so re- for someone who's usually been so reliable, to see him be so incredibly wasteful and constantly time after time get beaten to the ball by McManaman and just let so many other players just glide past him relatively easily compared to what we normally see from him. It's Incredibly, incredibly disappointing from from someone who we all know can, should, can, and usually is a lot better, if not like you say, flashy or spectacular. Yeah, yeah. just another point on that. It's obviously Forrester coming in, but um, seeing Everett's interview today about Toll um, almost being ready, well, being ready to come in in the next week, whether that's 
unlikely to start on Saturday, but perhaps he'll be back for the for the Middlesbrough Cup tie. And um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Geth doesn't get in our best defence. I know we probably no, the best no. the best we played last season defensively was probably when we had Toll, Santos and Geth played on the left randomly. We had a really good defensive spell when then three with the back three. No, no, well, no, it wasn't. It was John Johnston was on the left mainly. Yeah, I was think it? you're talking. Oh, about, I, I think I, you're I, talking I, about the time when um, Geff was playing wing back, and then it was a wing back. Three of yeah, that's right. Yeah, Johnston. yeah, that's right. So the, the, our best three, our best three defenders would be Tol Santos, Johnson. So Johnson's not there. So Idale's going to going to carry on there. I personally think Idale was at fault more than Geff for the defeat. Um, for the for the like, I've, I've just gone into that in, in big detail about how he lost his personal yeah. deals in the first ten minutes. I thought Geth was unlucky. I thought he got fouled for the goal, like I've said. Um, I don't think his performance was anywhere up to standard, but I think it's probably harsh to scapegoat him for it. I'm not saying you're doing that. Obviously, the fans have made their mind up that he, he was he was, he was yeah, usually yeah. at fault. But, it's um, him and Morley. I, I, mean, I mean, you and I watched the look at the same things, Lee. Him and Morley have just seemed to have copped it massively in the aftermath of that game. And right. I think, James, you said as well that, that Morley was you know very, very poor and, and obviously could be struggling to get his place in that team. But... I, I I don't know. I, I think but we we all sort of pick out the particular faults that that worry us, and some people hated that Ardell potentially shirking challenges, and uh, I think Randall Williams was guilty of it on one occasion as well. But yeah, I, I just saw you know the rabbit in the headlines and lack of uh, positional awareness, and also not even seeming as though he wanted to try and you know lift his performance nor lift his teammates, and that that was what concerned me when he's your vice captain. Yeah, I think um, probably the one saving grace from all this is that we really don't have that many games like the Wigan game. You could consider Blackpool a bit of a rivalry, but beyond that, obviously Morecambe have thankfully fucked off instead of League Two. <laughs> and um, sick of playing them. Um, same with Stanley. They're, they're the two that I was so glad they went down. Fleetwood, it's not quite the same, is it? Let's be honest. But there's a bit of something there. But like I say, we, we, we saw them off comfortably enough. But that's the only saving grace that we don't really have a lot of games like this. Most games, there won't be that inherent needle and the the tension and the um just that that big game feel about it that there's not really going to be it's just going to be at the jjb and that's oh dw he's hacking right back in it but um yeah <laughs> basically it's um that's probably the only saving grace of this is that we probably don't we'll have to come up against that um just just the air around the game and the feel of the game that's not going to occur that many times this season, which is probably the only only good thing about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to take the positives where you can, and um, uh, I'm I'm surprised now. Well, maybe you might have mentioned it in passing, but um, I I will say when we went two 0 down, I actually thought we picked ourselves up quite a bit. It was the yeah. third goal. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was the killer. We just couldn't find that yeah. goal. Uh, that goal, a proper real chance. In between that thing, it's not like unfortunately they fell to a Londoner. <laughs> that was the issue. The two big chances that we had fell to a Londoner, and he put them straight at Tan Santicles' throat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Londoner was always going to come in. We weren't going to play Cameron. We weren't going to play Cameron Jerome or Bad Varson just coming back from an yeah. injury against him. So it was always going to be him. I know we've discussed it in the chat that honestly, on the day he was debatably the better of the two strikers, but it was just a poor day for everyone. But um, with and Lundalu, He's yet to really have that game for us where he properly stands out as a as a as a really good performer for us at this level. So it, if not, then when? 
on him. Mm. <laughs> it's it, it's it's hard for him, isn't it? I suppose with him not getting like a a run of four or five games, uh, he's, he's very much towards the end towards the end of the last season. He's very much been swapped with him and Victor, and obviously he scored that goal at Bristol Rovers on the last day, which was really well taken. But he's not really had that run of games. But his performance levels when he has started haven't really warranted the run of games you know when you're not going to play him ahead of Victor after four goals in four games are you so I don't know when he's going to get that run of games it's hard it's a hard one because there is we all think there's something there or most of us do um it's just whether we'll ever see that something in it I suppose um it's a really tough game for him to come into not much was created for him and he, he sort of managed to fashion the chance he did have was props through a little bit of good footwork and positioning for himself anyway so you know I'm not, I'm not I don't want to be too down on him but um I don't know what you think Tom or James about his long-term future with us I mean Ever has said his. I mean, one of the things we always said about Ever is that I think he's a fantastic coach. Uh, I, I don't think he gets the other aspects of management quite as easily as he does the coaching aspect of it. So if there, if there is a a person, certainly at this level, who's capable of getting the best out of a man like Dan Lindelof, I think Ever could be that man. I think we had to play him in that game just by not having any direct Dion replacement in amongst our strikers. The rest of our strikers are all sort of fulfil the same thing, and that is to try and be the Dion's foil. So putting him next to Adeboy Ajo, when I don't necessarily think we've got similar styles, because I, I get the impression Adeboy Ajo is very much a sort of more running behind poacher striker rather than a hold the ball up and bring others into play kind of striker. But we just sort of looked at them and assumed that they were two physical presences, so let's hoof the ball up to them. And when we actually did get the ball into their feet, we, we built relatively nicely. You know, Dakers Cogley, for all of the lack of quality, I think, in some of his delivery and some of his output, uh, and he should have buried that chance just after half-time that might have made some semblance of difference. I don't know. Um, but you know, he, he was being able to be brought into play because we were getting the ball into a Lundelis feet and he was able to, to, to pass it around and get those guys involved. I just think he is only ever going to work in that team playing alongside someone like Dion and maybe, you know, working in, in, in tandem there. But do you really want to take that risk for the benefit of the team when, you know, in the, in the three games that those two have started together, as in Dion and Boyejo, we've won an aggregate of 9-1. You're not going to do it, are you? So no. it's, um, it is it is a concern. My, I'll tell you what, my, my biggest disappointment thus far, and it, it's probably because he's only really been coming on in fits and starts, is, is Bimendez Gomez. I, I think he's been... Relative, it sort of looks a little bit lost in the in the position that Everts wants, wants to play in, and I wonder whether or not that sort of number ten role that almost has been made his own by Carl Dempsey, given how well he's played, is is going to be going to be suitable to him, and maybe it would be interesting to see in a slightly less important fixture one of the bigger lads being paired with Mendes Gomez as a front two to see if he can get the best out of him that way because mm. I, I think if he sort of does what he does, which is go on any kind of kind of amazing run and loses the ball, it's a lot less damaging for us if it's happening as a striker than it is happening as one of your midfield three. Because there's a lot of times in the last few games that I've seen him you know, lose the ball midway up the pitch and then obviously you've only got two midfielders to be able to cover your back. Whereas the, if he was up front, obviously you'd have Dempsey snapping in the heels to win the ball back instead. So yeah, I, I need to see a bit more of Carlos. Um, and I think he could have done with that goal going in um, against Barrow when he, when he missed that sitter. Um, but yeah, no, he, he he's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Mm. Well, 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 we've got plenty of options really, um, which which is at least something. And whether all of them will come good at different points during the season, we'll see. But um, the chance is open for probably for some of them, considering our our next game against Burton, 
we really have to pick ourselves up, um, considering it's a ground that we still haven't bloody won at for what is it like six games we've played there now in varying competitions, and mm. at best we've come up with a one-one draw as far as I remember. I think yeah. it, it was that the game when Craig Neen scored that penalty. I oh, know that we no, that was Barnsley, wasn't it? We we lost there yeah. two 0 didn't we? Before the uh, Forest revival. Yeah, I think we drew. So, yeah, I, th- we, I think I'm thinking of the worst football match that any of us have ever seen ever. That two 0 away at Burton, my God. Yeah, I think I think the one I'm thinking of was when we drew one-one with them last season, but I I, I can't I yeah, can't really yeah. remember the game that well if I'm totally honest. Well, they, they scored a very scrappy goal in the second half after Victor put us one-nil up, and it was typical Bolton having had a, a plethora of chances and not being able to put them away. And of course, Burton nicked a, a scrappy goal, and we ended up bricking ourselves and almost looking like we were going to give it away towards the end. Um, something about that environment just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to translate to Bolton Wanderers, and it's happened under two different managers, so I don't blame that forever particularly. But uh, yeah, we're, another breaking of a, of a hoodoo <laughs> would be nice, like, like, like that. Um, you know, first half performance at Cheltenham. Yeah, in, indeed, indeed. Um, so, so in regards to that game, um, uh, start start with you, Lee. Uh, what changes would you make to the team for the, uh, for tonight? Just quickly before you go into your own, we've got a few from uh, some of our um, re- our regular um, commenters on uh, the uh, Line of Vienna Twitter page, uh, including our own Ian Firth, who says, uh, other than Dion for Dan, no changes, which is a quite a surprising one because quite a few people have said the likes of either Toll or Forrester for Gethin, Thomason, Magomer or uh, Gomez for uh, Morley, uh, with some even including Sheen in there. And yeah, Dion for Lundaloo. Um yeah, quite quite a few of our um of our commenters have made those suggestions, but what do you think, Lee? What changes do you think need to be made if if any for Burton? I'd I'd be tempted. Just to obviously, obviously, Dion comes back in. That goes without saying for for Lundley. But um, apart from that, it, it it'd be harsh to throw the baby out with the bathwater after one. It is one hell of a fucking performance let down, isn't it? You know, it's not just a one 0 defeat away from home. It's it's a four 0 last year biggest rival. Well, unfortunately, they are our biggest rivals at the moment, aren't they? So, um, at the end of the day. I'd like to see the players given a chance to put put right what what went wrong, um, but I think Morley probably has to step out. Um, I think Magoma is it his type. Of, I, I'm not sure. I want to see Thomason in, in that team, but is it the type of game where he should thrive? Possibly. Is it the type of game where he'll go into a silly challenge and get sent off? Maybe. <laughs> um, I just don't know. I don't really. I don't fully trust him. I like. I like Thomason, and I like the fact that he's turned down this move. Well, I kind of like it. I'd probably rather have a million pound in the bank, but hey, it's not my million pounds. So, and you say that million pound just doesn't go towards just paying back the fans in four years with this dementia and signed up for. So, at the end of the day, if we there's your dividends. Yeah. So we could have probably done with money for George anyway, but yeah. Um, yeah, the change I make, which is the question you asked, is Dion for Dan and Magoma for um, Morley, I think. I'd keep seeing in there with Magoma and Dempsey as the number 10, and I'd look to bring Mendes Gomez on um, for, for Magoma, for Magoma uh, some of the names are, um, and then maybe drop Dempsey into midfield if we need a bit of a creative spark. I thought from the little bit I saw of Mendes Gomez, obviously I left early. Um, I thought he did 
quite well, really. Um, and I think he's he's only going to get better at learning whatever it wants from him in that role. So the more time he gets on the pitch, the better for me. I think there is definitely something there with him. I think I said on the, the season preview pod, I've got a good friend who's a, a Morecambe fan who, who said that he's not really about beating men and, and sort of going in jinky runs. He's more about shifting his weight and just clever sort of movement really in between the lines and having good close controlling pockets of space. I think it's important that we get we, we try and integrate him into the team a bit more but Dempsey I think is his best role is in that sort of pre- like furthest forward of the three I won't really, really call him a number 10 but I think that is his niche and that is his best role we've yet to see the, the, the best of Kyle Dempsey completely this season although I didn't see the Cheltenham away game where apparently he was very good um, but yeah it's um, it's, a, it's a tough one to know exactly what changes to make but I think I think they're the ones I'd make Magoma for uh, Morley and Dion for Dan yeah. yeah, those are all those are all very fair points. Tom, would you uh, add, would you add to those changes or? <laughs> I mean, what I always look at with the midfield three, and I think I've said this to you guys, and I'm blue in the face, is one person has to sit, one person has to be the parter, and one person has to be the person who presses the back line. And I think you have two people in in that team who are very very well suited to their specific roles. I think Sheehan has proven this season now that he's been given the game time and that he um, is fully fit and fully firing. That basically having that role of taking the ball off the centre-halves as almost a quarterback and dictating play, he's been excellent at that, absolutely excellent at that. And it's something, despite some of the you know more uh, flashy and interesting things that Aaron Morley's been capable of doing, we've not seen him do enough of. So we'll take a game by the scruff of the neck and decide, sod this, I'm going to run it. And, and that is what Josh Sheen did in the Lincoln game, absolutely superbly, and to a certain extent in the uh, Cheltenham Fleetwood games as well. Um, so I, I, I want him in there, but then I want, I, but I would take Morley out. But I don't know who <laughs> who fulfills the best role next to him. To be honest with you, um, and I think it is probably Thomason. Genuinely, I think it probably is Thomason for this match. I do echo Lee's sentiments about my concerns about him potentially two footing someone and thinking this is my big chance because you know I think he thought that in the Fleetwood game and then got himself booked and obviously got hooked at half time as a result. Um, is a walking yellow card? these days no he is he is one million percent and that's why I think it's so useful that we've got replacement midfielders so that of equal quality to be able to bring on at half time if he has done something silly along those lines um, but I just think in that kind of battle atmosphere that Burton are going to try and make it to have any chance of getting results against us he might be the best option there then you've got two out of three midfielders who are quite combative um, other than that yeah Dion comes in for Dan uh, I wouldn't I, I might I be tempted to hook Jones if I felt as though Forrester was going to have the prerequisite physical skills to cope with Burton, but I'm not sure he does, and I don't want Toll being risked risk on that um, crap pitch. <laughs> if Toll comes back into the game, want it at home with for us, where hopefully Touchwood obviously will go and do it now. There's going to be no studs caught in the turf, then he's out for another six months. Mm. Well, yeah, we could do without with not happening to him again. What happened to uh, Johnston at Bamber Bridge? Uh, can't, can't afford yeah. two of them out, so. Yeah, those are all very fair points. Um, I, I kind of agree with Lee, but I, I, I do think, like I think I said earlier, I'd be tempted to just hook Jones out the side and give give For give Forrester his chance. Um, it might work out, it might not, but I think this is a game where we can afford to uh, risk it. Um, so, but, um, we'll see. As for the midfield, I, I think that that, that that's the hardest choice because. Um, you want yeah. to see Mendes Gomez come good. You want to obviously 
McGormick's shown some quite solid flashes, but he's not he's not as physical. And and Thomason obviously gives you that physicality and a um, decent and a decent long pass. But is that going to be the game for the uh, long passer? Is he just going to be there as a as a as a bumper and battler? Um, which, which is which is risky which is risky territory so um, I, I think I'd go with Lee and saying uh, Magoma comes in as well but yeah it, it's it's all it's all tricky because um, it all goes out the window when you're facing a side that you ca- just cannot seem to to be at home um, speak, speaking of players uh, one last question for uh, both of you lads uh, start with you again Lee um, we're coming towards the end of the uh, transfer window so are there any, so this is probably the final time I get to ask this question, but at this point, um, since we last talked, there's not even really been any any incomings, uh, outgoings. Only really include B team loanies. Um, so what are we still what are we still missing? And um, have the games that we've played then caused you to think that we need any extra additions in any other areas? Um, unless we get hit by. You know, a, a medium to long term injury between now and the end of the window, Pro- probably not. I mean, you can always improve, you can always upgrade. Um, if the chance came to get a left center half who's you know a better option, um, I'm not talking about Luke and Bette, um, a, you know, a better <laughs> option than I'm sure he's a nice lad than Jack Idell. Sure, he'd probably end up being a good player actually, but um, yeah, it, just that performance from Idell really. Uh, I, I, I just said I wouldn't change anyone else. I'd, temp, I'd be tempted to put Forrester in Friday on Saturday, but I think it'd be harsh to drop him because I think be, before that, every game, you know, the games I've, I've watched, I think he's been very good. So you've got to give him a chance to get over that game. But yeah, if we can, if we can find, if we can find clear upgrades in, in on positions. Everett has taken Molly off a few times now um, at half time. Um, can't pinpoint the exact games, but he's he's, he's definitely. Um, I don't think he's his biggest fan, although he obviously does still start him. Um, is it possible that we look for someone who's a, you know, a better, a, a bit, a bit of an upgrade on Morley? I've seen we've been linked with Ruben Colwell from Cardiff uh, on loan at some point today. Um, could he be an upgrade on Morley? Uh, I'm not quite sure what sort of player he is. Obviously, I've heard of him. Um, he's quite well thought of in the Wales like youth setups and whatever, but. Whether that one comes to fruition, I don't know. But yeah, just basically, if there's an opportunity, a big opportunity for us to upgrade hugely on a certain, on certain positions in the squad that you know that, that players have shown on Saturday that they're perhaps not up to, you know, the pressure of being title favourites or title, you know, maybe not favourites, but certainly up there. Um, you know, is ever ruthless enough to to sort of act on that and maybe bring someone in ahead of. Um, a Morley, an Idale, or a Geffen. Uh, obviously, we've got Toll, so I, I don't see many defensive in, um, movements. But maybe in that midfield, does he does he shake it up? I don't know. But um, yeah, obviously we've got Ashworth backing up Williams. Been very impressed with Ashworth. I thought he was our best player against Barrow. Obviously, scored the free kick. But in general, I thought he did really well. Um, I think obviously Matheson's probably seen as the maybe the 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 backup to to Cogley isn't he probably long, longer term maybe the second half of the season after he's had a few B team games who knows but perhaps the right wing back would probably be the main one that, that you would probably look at as as a pressing need 
but um, just depends what Everett sees, what he sees come up in the in the market. Maybe Premier League loanies in the last few days. Whether there's just that last last player that he sees that is is a huge upgrade on what we've got. And if he sees that and wants to take the opportunity, then obviously we'll we'll back him with that. But yeah, anyway, I'll let Tom answer the question as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you well you mentioned well you brought in a new option with left centre back, and to be fair, it might be worth discussing Ideal considering he might have to miss some games in the future if he gets mm. his more further Australian international call ups like he's rumoured to get. During he won't this be getting any call ups if they watch that Wigan game. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they're watching the other the the three games before that. We'll see. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same question to you, Tom. Um, uh, is that as the games that you've seen convinced you that we need anything extra in, in positions outside of like Lee brought up right wing back where we're probably still short? Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's obvious. Um, I, I like Dacus Cogley. I think he's been um, perfectly. You know, <laughs> I hate using the word adequate because it makes it sound like it's a backhanded comp- compliment. But it's uh, no, it, it shows up well uh, on the right hand side. I have no issue with Dacus Cogley. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I think. I mean, you guys know I don't like Jack Ardell. I never have liked Jack Ardell. I think he's, you know, very much a bang average um, League One player. I think the formation that we play suits him um, to be that left centre half. But you know, he's come up against one um, decent side and a decent player in Humphreys, who's um, physically bullied him and um, it didn't show up at all. So I, I don't necessarily think that he would be an issue to keep in the side for Burton and get similar games like that. But in general, you know, obviously it's difficult for us really. Because we have Jono, we know that Jono, if he comes back to the same level that he was before, he walks back into that team. Um, so it would have to be a loan, I think, um, to be able to get a left centre back in. Uh, and they don't grow on trees. They're, they're the most difficult um, position to find, which is why it's so disappointing for us. And as we discussed previously on, on the other podcast, that's probably the most difficult position for us to have picked up an injury in. Um, but yeah, for me, it has to be those two areas, either left centre-back on loan or maybe probably a loan right wing-back um, because we could have a view to Matheson being that guy long-term. Uh, we always say, don't we, that we, that we would like a, a striker, but I feel, honestly, I think if we were probably reasonably well enough stopped there to be okay. Um, none of us expected Sadlia or John to still be here, and yet somehow they still are. Uh, so... I don't know what that points to, whether it's a lack of interest or whether they might be included, but I think those two would probably have to go out before we bring anyone else in. That's that's the sense I'm getting. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think Lee summed it up very well in terms of we know where we need to strengthen. It was obvious where some of the weak points were with us at the, at the weekend. I don't want to see us go for someone like Ruben Colwell, who's just going to take another space of someone who we might be able to develop on our own and probably doesn't fit the formation we're playing anyway. Um, I've never seen him play way for, well for Wales either, so it <laughs> hasn't done anything to endear himself to me thus far. <laughs> yeah, well, well, all, well, they're all fairly good points. Um, so I guess we, I guess we'll just have to um, wait, wait and see at this point. Um, at the window, windows open until uh, after it's after Derby, isn't it? Or do we? Does quit? it close? Does it? Cl- I thought it closed on the. Not closed on the Friday, on the Friday night before the game. Or the yeah, night, yeah, day. it is the day before the game. Yeah, I just had to look it up yeah. on my phone. Then yeah, it's the day before the derby game, so that'll be Friday the, night. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the real litmus test to see uh, what our squad's going to be fully look like before, <laughs> for the rest, yeah. of, before the January. But as for now, I, I believe we've covered everything pretty well thoroughly, and it's been an absolute pleasure and also an absolute nightmare to, in regards to one particular game. <laughs> 
to re to revisit. But we've been here we, before. Uh, <laughs> should we do a should we do a quick prediction on Burton before we go? Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably a good idea. I probably should have asked that. <laughs> Considering it was your suggestion, Lee. Uh, what good do you job, think mate. You can't get the host these days, guys. Sorry, you everyone. No, you can't get the staff. Good, but... good job, of mate. In it, James. Good job, of mate. Yeah, we all lift, we all. Him. Yeah, we all lift each other up. Uh, yeah. we're all we're all leaders. I, I, I was I was gonna let him <laughs> off, Lee. That's twice you've smacked him down from a great height. Yeah, hey, hey, it just shows shows we're all leaders here at Love, which we love to see. But yeah, um, Lee, um, what what's your Ooh, prediction? I'll play it, sir. Am I going pessimistic or optimistic? What should we do? Head says, Head says one all. Heart says we'll squeak it and get our first win there, 2 1. Late winner from George Thomason. Go on, George. <laughs> I, I, I certainly hope you. I certainly hope you. He should have right, scored at Burton. He should have scored at Burton last year. Do you remember that? No. Him and uh, him and um, Jerome. Jerome missed an absolute sitter, and George missed one. In oh the God! Yeah. First oh, half. Yeah, he was like he was like underneath the goal. It was like a fucking. It was no. It was I horrendous. His foot out. Yeah. Was that the one that Jerome really should have shot rather than passing? I think. I yeah. Remember it. And yeah. then Jerome rounded the keeper. And, Jerome missed a shocker towards the end as well. Anyway, oh, George Thomason, you've heard it for your first. Get your money on, guys. <laughs> Two one Bolton, George Thomason, the winner. I'm, this is the I'm, first I'm, line I'm, of the end of betting pod. He'll he'll run over the fans and kiss his badge, the Peter Baisley, Steve Parry's <laughs> child. I mean I mean I really Beautiful. hope so because I do want to see Thomason score a goal that isn't the simplest chance you'll ever put away or a massive deflection. So that's been nice. Yeah. <laughs> George Thomason is the man who turned round our club's fortunes. We were three 0 down at Carlisle on Boxing Day and he scored that goal just before half time for his first ever professional goal. And from then on we'd we'd never look back, kind of. Possibly, possibly. Let's let's gloss over that, Tom. Let's gloss saying, over that. Yeah, and Lee, you'd have scored I, that goal. I've, I've, eight pints down, and you'd have scored that goal. I've I've rewritten history, guys. George Thomason <laughs> no. was, is the saviour, Lord and saviour of our club. Uh, I, he will score the I'll winner what, on Saturday. I don't know about you two. I really hope I don't know so. about you two because I was on Boxing Day, obviously. Um, when Peter Kiyosho scored that goal that to make it three three, I think that is the biggest celebration I've ever done. But I've not been at a football match before in my yeah, entire poss- life. Possibly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Uh, um, right, but yeah. Prediction wise, prediction wise. So I'm having a look at the ones that I did, and I got I got Bolton three. Lincoln nil Bob on and I also oh, predicted nice. us to win the following two and that's fine but I did also predict us to beat Wigan 1-0 so it's kind of bugger all clearly um, I, did, I put exactly <laughs> who's counting um, I, I did I did Burton 1 Bolton 1 in my predictions so I'm going to have to stick with it unfortunately I, I don't want to be the Debbie said. Downer I know yeah. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer but it's just it, it's going to happen as, as I said to you before we won't beat them there and we won't beat Wickham away but we'll probably win every other game so it's fine we might be wicking away the way they're playing, Christ. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm well. To be fair, Burton are doing worse than Wickham, so what does that say? Um... Yeah. What What are you going for, well, James? Oh God! Oh God! Am I going to have to be Mister Optimistic again? Because <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I can't. I can't. That's your height. That doesn't count. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the two beers. <laughs> Very true. All right. Uh, well, I- I'm just going to do the same as Lee. My head. My head says it'll be a one-one draw as well, which is really boring. So um, I think we'll we'll win three-nil. 
Another three nil win. And on that bombshell. (laughs) Yeah, George Thomason hat trick, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I feel like I'm the one who's had who's been drinking during this part, but yeah, <laughs> right. it, but it's it's all been great fun, lads, and thank you again for coming on as usual, and uh, to everyone else listening, thank you for giving us your time. Uh, just a reminder for any of you listening uh, that want to either listen to it again or listen or um, read or, <laughs> shall, or, shall or, or don't watch it isn't going to listen to it again. <laughs> Or those who who were who were only able to catch a snippet and uh, want to listen to it again as an audio only, it, it will be released as a podcast um, le- later tomorrow. So thank you all again for your, all your attention, and um, we'll see we'll see you later. <laughs>